Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. I'm inviting you today to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, hometown radio station for you folks right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia. We're so glad to be part of the broadcast family. We are so glad that you are part of the listening family right here on WMAF. So just uh, get yourself something hot to drink, cold to drink, uh, non-alcoholic to drink. Hallelujah. Amen. But just settle back and let's spend some time around God's Word today. You know, I go to church every Sunday. I've been in church every Sunday since I became a Christian. Before I became a minister of the Gospel, I went to church to hear the Gospel. And another reason I went to church was to worship the Lord. Amen. To give Him gratitude and thanks and praise and honor for what He has done for me at the cross. What God has given me in Christ and what Christ did to save my soul. And I've never lost that desire to worship Him and to give Him the honor and the glory, uh, to hear His Word, to honor Him in the way that I receive His Word. And you know, worshiping Him prepares my heart for the Word of God uh, to be hidden deep in my heart and where it becomes incorporated into my daily life. Praise God. Amen. So please stay tuned for this broadcast today. It's an important broadcast. We're going to be talking about becoming a true worshiper. Becoming a true worshiper. Uh, the, 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 uh, I have written under that uh, heading, uh, finding spiritual fulfillment while fulfilling God's requirement for authentic Worship. A true worshiper is an authentic worship. We not only are fulfilled in our worship spiritually, but we fulfill God's requirement for that that honors Him. Praise God. So if you have your Bibles, once again, please turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 19 through 24. Now, if you want to catch up and get the first edition of this teaching, just type in our website. Type in THCOG, and it will take you to the Holy Church of God here in Tampa, Florida, an affiliate of Independent Assemblies of God International, good standing since 1974. And we would be very happy for you to come and visit our website, or you can just go to the the uh, uh, website of WMAF and look for Let's Talk About Jesus on the menu on the front, and go in there, and it will have recent editions of Let's Talk About Jesus, and you can listen directly from that website. Website. We're so glad once again to be part of those who publish the gospel in these closing hours of human history, uh, reaping the last day harvest. I firmly believe that we're in the last of the last days and the great gathering in of the last day harvest is already underway and we want to participate in a cooperative.
cooperating, collaborative way, not in a competitive way. So we have brothers that preach the gospel right here on WMAF, and we are in full cooperation with them to tell people the good news of God's great love and His great salvation plan in the great Savior that He sent to us in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I want you to know our motive today and, and that we are workers together with God. Hallelujah. Well, if you have your Bibles, we're going to talk about this crucial issue of becoming a true worshiper. John's Gospel, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, and he's her first desire after drinking and tasting living water was to worship God for what he had done for her. And Jesus tells them, uh, tells her on no uncertain terms what God requires and what she needs to do. So verse 19, we pick up the narrative. It says, The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God is a spirit, and they that worship him, this is an imperative, they must worship him in spirit and in truth. We're not talking about the framework of worship, the, the, the necessarily the music of worship, although I have some very strong, biblically supported views on, on uh, sacred music as, as opposed to just entertaining music for the congregation. Listen to me very carefully today. True worship always begins with a close, intimate relationship with the Lord. True worship always begins with a intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. In order to praise God for who He is and what He has done, we must know Him. His nature, His desires, His plans, His heart. It's impossible to praise and worship someone that you do not know personally. The more I know Him, the more I love and worship Him. And the more I worship Him, the more I want to know about Him. Amen. In praise and worship, there is communion. The more I commune with Him and He communes with me, the more I know of Him. Our relationship with the Father is a growing, ever-increasing one. First John chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Truly, our fellowship, the Greek word here is koinonia, and it means intimacy. It's something that is, is very closely uh, enjoyed by two people. Amen. In this case, God and ourself, Christ and ourself. Truly, our koinonia, our fellowship, is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Friend of mine, one of the great uh, elements missing in worship is that we think it's just a Sunday morning 
thing we do if we're not walking with God, talking with God in prayer and reading His Word and getting closer to Him in our spiritual relationship with Him through the week. Uh, our worship can't be truly authentic when we just spend us 15 minutes of an hour service on Sunday. It has to be something that goes with us out the door, not just begins when we come in the door of the church. It's something that's incorporated into our life. Praise God. That fellowship relationship with the Lord, with God and Christ. So true worship begins with a relationship, an ever-growing, ongoing relationship with the Lord. That's why Paul, uh, who said, Oh, that I might know Him in the fellowship of His sufferings and in the power of His resurrection, but oh, that I might know Him. David had the same desire in the Old Testament. He said, One thing have I desired. That will I seek, that I may inquire at your temple and behold your beauty. He wanted to know God intimately. He wanted to know God personally. Everyone that's ever begun to get just a glimpse of God uh, wanted to know Him more intimately and more personally. Moses was not satisfied. To see the miracles, Moses was not satisfied just to hear God speak to him in an audible voice. Moses wanted to know him personally and intimately. And he said, Lord, I, I want to see you. And God said to Moses, I can't let you look at me in, in all the glory of my presence. It would destroy you. But here's what I will do. I will hide you in the cleft of a rock. And I will cause my goodness to pass by you quickly. Amen. And, and you can see my hinder parts. You can't, you can't look at me full face on, but you can get a glimpse of my spiritual manifest presence. God wanted to express himself to Moses, but he couldn't in, in letting him see with his natural eye the, the, the spiritual glory that attends the presence of God and the person of God. But there was this, this mutual desire for, for God to manifest himself to Moses and Moses to know God intimately and personally. You see, friend, in his presence there is fullness of joy, and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And it is the presence of God we seek in authentic worship. We're not just going through a religious routine or ritual. We are coming to seek the Lord and to praise the very present God. You know, the Bible said we're two or more are gathered together in my name, Christ taught, there am I, there am I in the midst of them. If they've come to seek me, to seek my face, I will manifest myself in that kind of attitude and that kind of spiritual activity, that kind of atmosphere where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I. In the midst of them. So true worship begins with a relationship with God. You need to be saved and then you need to be wanting to know Him better 
and more precisely and more personally. And God wants to reveal Himself to you in a more intimate and personal way. The church of Laodicea that was caught up with the material and the physical and missing the intimacy with Christ that would have changed their perspective on what is truly important. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and him with me. This is God's desire for intimacy and our opportunity to share that intimacy, that koinonia, that fellowship with the Lord. No wonder people get bored going to church, just going to church for the sake of going to church instead of seeking God. True worship begins with a relationship with God, a progressive, ongoing, intimate, personal relationship with the Lord. Hallelujah. And secondarily, true worship can only be exhibited by yielded life. Friend of mine, the life of praise and worship is to be one who is yielded to God's Spirit and God's Word. As we yield ourselves to His Spirit, He changes us from glory to glory. As we willingly cooperate with His Spirit, He works in us to will and to do of His good pleasure according to the Scripture. As we behold, the Scripture said, in a, in a, as in a glass or mirrored back to us, His face, we are transformed into His image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of God. You see, when you seek His face, you're going to automatically have His favor. Many people are seeking His favor and not seeking His face. And, and I'm just going to break that down into some very plain language today. If, 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 so, if someone wants to borrow my lawnmower, if a neighbor wants to borrow my lawnmower, and they come to my door, they're not coming there to see me. They're not coming to seek me except for me to answer the doorbell so they can ask me if they can borrow my lawnmower. Seeking my favor and seeking something they need from me is not the same as seeking my face. Seeking my face means that they care about me personally. They want, they know me personally and they want to communicate with me on a personal level, not just on you've got what I need and I want you to grant that need to me. So many people approach God without that intimacy, without that personal seeking of His face. David of old, once again, as we go both old and new covenant to verify this, he said, Lord, when thou saidest, seek my face. I said, thy face will I seek. Seeking one's face is not just seeking their favor, but seeking to know them better and more uh, precisely and personally. Praise God. So the life of praise and worship is one where we're seeking God's face and we are beginning a, a life of obedience and we have a heart to obey. Amen. This is the glory. You see, if we go through the motions or outward expressions of praise, but our hearts are not yielded to Him, then we're simply going through the motions, going through the ritual and the routine that we've been accustomed to. But our hearts can still be far from Him. 
It becomes acts which are not true expressions of our hearts to God. It is vain worship. It's fruitless worship. And it can be conducted as something glorious. We can have grand choirs, great orchestras, and great presentations. And yet, it all begins in the heart and not the head. In the heart and not simply mouthing the words. Whoever you praise and worship or give worth to is who you give your life to and yield your life to. Whoever you yield yield your life to is who you truly praise and truly worship. This yieldedness is lived out daily. Every day we have the opportunity to live the yielded, crucified, surrendered life. And when we yield to His Spirit rather than the flesh, we have truly worshipped him. Hallelujah. Look with me, if you will, at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That word reasonable service, those two words, the NIV uh, will translate it this way. Your, your spiritual act of worship. Reasonable service is talking about true worship. Not just the fact that, that you ought to give this to God or you owe this to God. This is your way of expressing real, real, true worship unto the Lord. That that is acceptable unto Him is, is your true act of worship is giving yourself to God and yielding your life to God. Amen. So verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and a perfect will of God, that you might truly become a true worshiper, that you will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. The NASB says, your spiritual service. The Amplified said, your spiritual worship. Glory to God. This is that reasonable service, not just giving praise on Sunday morning, but living praise in our daily life. Praise God. True worship always involves a, a thankful heart. A thankful heart. To live a life of praise and worship is to have a thankful heart and attitude. God revealed to us that thanksgiving is a gate to praise and worship. As we live a thankful life, we enter easily into His courts with praise. Hallelujah. Psalm 100 and verse 4. Listen to the progression here. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. It doesn't start with activity of worship or acts of worship. It begins with an attitude in the heart. This attitude of gratitude is essential to true worship. Enter His gates with thanksgiving. And into His courts, now the act of worship is begun with praise. Be thankful. Once again, thanksgiving is emphasized. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. I like the way David put it in the Old Covenant in Psalm 103, where he says, Bless the Lord. 
O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name, and forget not all His benefits. You see the thankful heart. You see the attitude of gratitude that was in Him. Before He begins to open His mouth to bless the Lord, He's remembering all the things that God has done for him, hallelujah, to cause that that attitude of gratitude to be uh, constantly stimulated by the goodness and greatness of God toward his life. The Bible said we are to sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord in all things. We're to come into His presence with singing, the Scriptures teach. The progression is clear. Enter His gates with that attitude of gratitude. Enter His courts with praise and come before His presence, another Scripture said, with singing, with joyous melody. We are to give thanks unto Him and bless His name. Accordingly, Scripture shows us that God inhabits the praises of His people. He is enthroned upon the praises of His people. God's presence lives in the praises of His people. He manifests His presence when we become true worshipers and we offer unto Him authentic worship. It is His address. It's where He lives in relation to us. Praise God. Psalm 22 and verse 3 said, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Thou art holy, thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. The word inhabitest in the Hebrew is literally enthroned. I, I love the paraphrase that says, Leaning back on the cushions of Israel's praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thankfulness in our hearts is expressed with words of our mouth. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Thankfulness changes things. Thankfulness changes attitudes, changes us, and changes situations. As we give thanks unto the Lord and praise Him, His presence in our midst, His very glory is revealed. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible said in prayer, in, in everything, in every circumstance, every situation, in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Hallelujah. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. You know, when we begin to thank and praise God while we're praying, at the very moment and onset of prayer, we're coming before the throne of grace, but we enter His gates with thanksgiving. And we enter His courts with praise. Prayer should be like bookends. Praise and worship should be two bookends to prayer. It should begin with praise and worship. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy art thou, I praise you, I worship you. And at the end uh, of our prayer, it should be the same. To thy name be power and glory and a kingdom forever. We should we should begin with praise. We should end with praise. We should begin with thanksgiving. We should end with 
thanksgiving. Praise God. Hallelujah. God honors that kind of attitude. And true worship is born out of a thankful, grateful heart. We desire to be in His house. We desire to worship Him. We desire to receive His Word. And and even that is an act of worship to the Lord. Amen. The way we honor Him by receiving His Word uh, with an attitude of intention to obey. Hallelujah. And we walk out of that service and we incorporate that worship into our life. We live our life offering our body a living sacrifice. You know, the Bible, uh, not the Bible, but a song uh, that we love to sing is, We bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of our God. It's not just the act of worship during the song service. We bring, we bring ourselves as living sacrifices. <laughs> we bring ourselves as a, as a praise unto God that doesn't just sing it out through the song service, but we live it out in Christian service, serving God and serving others. When we walk out of the door of the sanctuary, praise God, and we find joy in God and joy in serving God, and God finds joy in us, our life itself, as Christ's life of obedience rises up as a sweet-smelling savor. Unto God, we bless Him and bless His holy name. And He blesses us with His person, His power, and His presence. Glory to God. I want to read the paraphrase again. Thou, after we read Psalm 22 and verse 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Is enthroned is the Hebrew word is enthroned, is enthroned. In some ancient cultures that had monarchs, and they, they, would, they would make a, a they would, when he traveled from one place to the other, they would carry on, on poles uh, 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 his throne, and he would be seated upon his throne as he traveled to the other place. He had literally sat upon the throne as they carried him on the throne to this other place. So he was always enthroned wherever they took, wherever he wanted to go, wherever he went, he was seated in his rightful place as that ruling monarch. And when Jesus is the Lord of our life, and we surrender that life unto Him, He is enthroned, hallelujah, by our life of praise. As we show our gratitude by yielding ourselves as a living sacrifice, then we offer the sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips, and it is received. And it is a blessing to the Lord, and He blesses us. Oh, this is a deeper worship than a religious routine that we have uh, really, with good intentions, on Sunday morning we offer what we feel is enough, and what we feel is sufficient, and what we feel is adequate. And God says, you know something, I don't just want you to mouth words to me. I want to see it in the heart. And I want you to sense it in your heart. And I just don't want you to come into my presence 
and and sup with me. I want to come where you are and sup with you. And that's when we get a real sense of the presence of God in our church service. Hallelujah. Not only has the veil been rent so that we can go behind the veil and come into His personal presence, but He can come from behind the veil and He can come into our personal presence. Oh, glory to God. Where two or more gathered in my name, He comes from behind the veil, from that holy place in the highest heaven, and He comes to the lowest place on earth where two or more believers are gathered in His precious name and offer Him true spiritual worship. Praise God. Well, our time is fleeting today, but I want you to know that God loves you today. If you're not a Christian today and you have listened to this broadcast, I believe, in fact, I know by the authority of God's Word that the Lord is speaking to you today. Although this hasn't been a salvation message per se, I know that the presence of God is very, very real. And I know the work of the Holy Spirit is to seek and to save in Christ's behalf. Today, I know He's speaking to your heart. He wants that chasm that sin has created to be removed so that He can fellowship you. He just don't want to keep you from hell. He just don't want to bring you to heaven. He wants to know you personally and you to know Him. Confess your sins. Repent of them. Call upon Christ today as your Savior. And truly your fellowship will be with God and with His Son. You will never be lonely, empty, or alone again. For He will go with you all the way, even to the end of the age. And if you are headed for church Sunday morning, make sure you enter His gates with thanksgiving his courts with praise. And when you leave, keep on living a life of worship for the Lord. We love you. Come back next week. Let's talk about Jesus.